From the West Branch Studios in Davidson, North Carolina, welcome to Dump the Clutch. On your toes, on your toes, on your toes, on your toes, are full wide. Bust his ass. Yes, sure. we had a massive target on our back. There's your nickelback crunch. He's gone and rolls into the fence just over the finish line and keeps it going. There you go, Sheldon Creed, the showstopper. Uh, today is uh, November 4th. Uh, it's uh, 2.30 in the afternoon and this morning, arguably... Probably the biggest piece of news coming out of racing period for the, jeez, oh I don't know, for the past several years was the purchase or the acquisition of IndyCar Series, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and IMSP uh, by Roger Penske, uh, which technically I believe is going to be acquired via Penske Entertainment, which is underneath the Penske Corporation umbrella. Um. You know, many of you that listen to this podcast uh, are in or around the motorsports industry and you know how difficult it is to keep a secret. So I think first and foremost, uh, there's always been rumblings for years and years about, you know, something being for sale, NASCAR for sale, IndyCar for sale, the property. Um, those have always been there. I think they'll, they'll, you know, things like that will always exist. However, this specific topic and what happened and what went down this morning during the announcement, I'm pretty sure you can count the amount of people on one hand that knew about this. So uh, hats off to uh, both parties for keeping it truly a secret um, for as long as they did. So uh, news broke this morning, I think probably eight-ish o'clock Eastern time uh, in the morning uh, through a strategic uh, press release. And that led to an 11 a.m. press conference at the Speedway. And basically... Uh, what was happening is uh, Penske was going to acquire the assets of IndyCar Series, the NTT IndyCar Series, uh, as well as the physical property of IMS Speedway and then the production arm of IMS, which does great work and works hand-in-hand with the broadcasters to promote, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, capture and uh, distribute uh, each and every race throughout the IndyCar season. Um, monster news. Uh, I've talked with a handful of people today and I, I, I really fail to see any negative that's going to come out of this. Um, Roger Penske, uh, I do not know him personally. I've met him once or twice. I will tell you he's 82 years old. He is one of the nicest, most uh, sterling reputation person uh, I've ever come across. Um, I've known people that have worked for him. I know people that currently work for him. Um, not one negative thing has ever been uttered about him, what he's done, uh, his visions, his goals. Uh, obviously, he's been he's made uh, you know motorsports a, a part, a major part of his life growing up. As he mentioned in the news conference this morning, you know he first came to the track for the Indy 500 when he was 14 with his dad. Um, so I think there's a bunch of different things that could come out of this. If I'm trying to look into the crystal ball uh, again, all I think are all very positive. I think the biggest thing for me, having been on the business side of motorsports and, you know, no matter what any series does with the car and the cost, racing is always going to be expensive, no matter what realm you're participating in. I think the biggest win right off the bat is for potential sponsors coming into the NTT series 
the ability to enter into the series and get guaranteed business through B2B deals on the back end through Penske Corporation and any one of its tentacles is probably the most positive thing right off the bat. Um, uh, Roger, uh, it's very clear to see that the majority of the sponsors on all of his race cars uh, have some sort of business tie-in to Penske Corporation. It all makes very positive sense for them as opposed to just using racing as a pure promotional tool. Uh, again, going back to the press conference, apparently there was a quick conversation on pit road at the end of the IndyCar season this year, which was probably about, uh, or was roughly about six weeks ago. And so in that very short time span, uh, they went from, yeah, we're interested to let's make an announcement. And then they have to go through their due diligence uh, from the bean counter standpoint and from a federal standpoint, make sure everything is approved. And then uh, this thing looks to close in January of 2020. Uh, someone from the media did ask the uh, purchase price and Roger very quickly said that both parties are uh, private companies and they do not disclose the terms of the deal. It was, it was probably a lot of money, but the one word that was used quite a bit was stewardship. And I think it was critical. I think it is critical to understand that not only does Roger have the financial means to come in and do what he did, but he also has the heart and the soul and the vision to make sure that when he takes it over officially early next year, that it will end up uh, in a way better place. And hopefully that's accelerated. The one thing that I thought was very interesting from the press conference as well is that he was going to get with uh, IndyCar management and they were going to walk the property literally and start coming up with a short list of 10 items that maybe have been ideas you know, hovering around for years, maybe something new that they stumbled upon that they just couldn't execute for one reason or another. And it sounds like Roger's going to make those ideas happen. Uh, he also alluded to the fact of you know potentially having a Formula One race uh, back at IMS, uh, a 24-hour race, which I think would, would be awesome. Um, and then uh, he said, uh, looking to make it like the entertainment capital uh, of the state of Indiana, maybe even larger. Um, you know, you have to look at maybe Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, what he's done at the Star, where he's built an indoor stadium facility uh, with football field. Um, it's mixed use with restaurants, office space, and a hotel. You got to imagine that. Uh, Roger is probably having uh, similar ideas potentially down the road um, to take advantage of some of the property that is in and around the Speedway. Um, you know, you, you start talking hotels and resorts and things like that, you know, without blocking sight lines, you can put a lot of stuff still in the infield of IMS. Uh, there's still plenty of room. So I, I, I think all of those are uh, things that are on the table uh, that uh, how IndyCar for the next 100 years can evolve into. Another big thing, uh, getting back to the money part of it, and um, maybe not cash dollar for dollar, but bringing in new manufacturers, I think is going to be um, a very hot topic. They're both on IndyCar and NASCAR. There's been rumors and rumblings for many years that Obviously, it would be great to have uh, new manufacturers come into the sport, either one. Um, uh, they're both very much needed in either sport. If I'm a manufacturer, if I'm an OEM and I now see this and I now look at the B2B 
Again, the B2B aspects that potentially a deal with IndyCar could bring me as an OEM as opposed to a potential NASCAR deal. You know, NASCAR still has a bigger audience. They have bigger TV numbers. It's a it's a true marketing platform. I'm not sure they could offer the the B2B, direct B2B opportunities that IndyCar can now. Um, and that might make more sense to me to finally flip the switch and go uh, racing in North America. I think that one... That one to me is going to be interesting to watch. You know, uh, I think recently we've heard, um, you know, McLaren is getting into IndyCar racing. However, that's mostly a brand play. Uh, you know, there's it's they're still racing a Delara chassis on Firestone tires, and it's going to be powered by a Chevy. So that still is a little odd. Um, but McLaren, you know, eventually one day could bring in their own power unit and make it a true McLaren entry. Uh, we've heard rumblings of Volkswagen on the NASCAR side. Uh, I think this move on the IndyCar side could make sense, and that could bring a new OEM uh, into the sport on IndyCar side, which would be a huge coup um, because they're going to bring with them the engineering uh, expertise. They're going to bring with them people. They're going to bring with them money, marketing platforms to help promote the sport. Um, you know, recently NASCAR still has been dancing around the electric electrification of their car or an electric component to their car. Uh, IndyCar has also um, uh, stated publicly that their new power platform, I believe in 2122, uh, is going to have um, somewhat of a hybrid system in it um, with a uh, energy recovery um, component. Uh, probably running off the flywheel. Um, so, so both series are stating that uh, electric is coming. And again, we've we've talked a bunch on the podcast before in the past. This is not a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. Um, no one is talking about going fully electric. This is not going to be a Formula E competitor in, in either series. Um, it's still going to be an internal combustion engine, but it's going to be supplemented by an electric motor or motors providing power back into the drive system and again that's going to give the drivers uh, more flexibility when it comes to passing it's going to give the car overall more system horsepower um, you know technically they could run all electric uh, when they're coming down pit road when they're you know obviously not going super fast um, so that can provide a break in the noise because some tracks get very noisy, you know, for a very long period of time. This episode of Dump the Clutch is brought to you by Muddy Creek Experiential. Nestled in the Piedmont of North Carolina, Muddy Creek has been creating custom experience-based marketing and hospitality solutions for the past 20 years. Ensure that your next sports or entertainment investment is properly activated by the experts at Muddy Creek. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Muddy Creek Experiential. And now back to dump the clutch. It opens up a lot of opportunities and possibilities. I think all positive. And uh, the biggest thing is that I think the OEMs are going to benefit the most because, again, getting back to why racing exists is it is a test bed for new technology, where you can you know run it hard, try and break it as best as you can, um, blueprint whatever piece or part or system you're trying to develop, and then that technology goes back down to production car levels and uh, makes the their products that much better. Uh, Roger Penske, not only Roger Penske, but there's been a bunch of people in both series that have started talking about running double headers. Um, you know, this is, this is a, again, one of those ideas that's been around for a while. 
Uh, there's quite a few racetracks right now that could handle that, uh, whether it's a true oval or there's an oval with a roval. Is that going to come to fruition? I hope so. Uh, but I think if you have someone uh, like Roger and his group managing the IndyCar series and obviously also knowing NASCAR extremely well too and knowing that management as well, uh, I think the conversations are going to start becoming more fast and furious and really meaningful where we potentially get to the point where we have a motorsports festival on a weekend. Um, I think we're getting closer to having a NASCAR Cup event and an IndyCar event uh, running on the same weekend on the same track. Um, you know, we saw Joseph Newgarden take the uh, Penske IndyCar around the Roval uh, and super fast. He'd never been around it, uh, was laying down some really good times. I think it was also really cool to see all of the NASCAR drivers um, really having a pure interest in what he was doing and taking a look at the car. Because again, uh, with the cup schedule being as what it is, it's very hard to stop the schedule and, um, and go check out other forms of racing uh, you know, beyond watching it on television. So that was really cool to see. Um, and it, it's only going to help the greater good. Um, you know, I think uh, there's, there's a ton of competition. There's a ton of egos in both IndyCar and NASCAR. But I think people need to realize that the sport motorsports in North America as a whole is at a very critical juncture right now. And I think people, although very competitive, need to really think about working together as opposed to working against each other. Because I think the more it gets fragmented, the more it's going to not prosper. And hopefully um, this move with RP, who is a who's probably the most respected person in any garage that he steps foot in uh, is going to be the catalyst to making some of these ideas that have been around forever, you know, potentially, you know, seeing the light of day and actually happening and making sense for everyone that's involved. Really the only negative that could potentially be brought up if it hasn't been brought up already is the separation of church and state when it comes to Penske racing competing in a series that they own. Um, you know, on the surface, I, I understand that argument and uh, I can see where people are going to have their opinions. Um, it, it is noted that um, uh, Roger made a comment during the press release or the press conference that he is going to come off of the box and uh, separate himself from the strategy part of Penske Racing. Uh, and I think that is a, is a move that he knew he had to make um, because I think the optics of him sitting on a box calling a race while he owns the series would, would look a little fishy, to say the least. So I think him detaching himself from that, I think, is a good move. And um, I, th I think they're going to be very above board. I think this is where Roger's Sterling reputation comes into play. And um, I, I really don't think there's going to be any funny business when it comes to officiating races, um, even though sometimes it may look like they're going to get a call just because they own the series. Um, I, I, I just think that goes against every ilk of Roger's character, and I think he's going to spend an obscene amount of time making sure that stuff like that does not happen and doesn't even look like it's happening. So um, I understand... I understand the point of view on that, but I, I kind of think it's a non-issue. Um, and again, just from what was announced this morning, I'm, I'm really failing to see any negative that's going to come out of this. Um, it, it, I think it's, it's a huge step in the right direction for the sport. 
Um, I think it was a very monumental decision for the George family to make because it's it's been so intertwined for generations of their family. Um, so uh, I I'm a big proponent of it. I can't wait to see how uh, all of these ideas manifest themselves. And um, uh, if you're a motorsports fan, uh, this is a good time to be a fan because I think uh, this is big news in IndyCar. I think there's going to be big news in NASCAR over the next one to three years. Um, and I think every move that's going to be made is going to be made with the fan and the longevity of each sport uh, going on to generations to come as opposed to making money. And when I first got into racing from a professional standpoint or on the business side, there was a lot of money in the sport and there was a lot of decisions made on money. And for that immediate time, it worked. Uh, but now that times have changed, um, TV audiences and behaviors have changed. Um, things have to change. And I think the changes that are coming uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, they're going to um, be very fan-centric because they have to be. And um, I think, uh, you know, if you look at the race or races that happened yesterday in Texas, uh, I think you saw the Formula One race from all sniffs and looks. Um, it looked like a sellout. And they had a ton of people crammed at every place they could around that track. And at the cup race uh, in just outside of Dallas, they had people there. It was definitely was not a sellout and looked like kind of a crowd that they had the last few years. You know, so does that speak to an IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader as being favorable? Because I look at that yesterday uh, from watching each race on TV as people that go to these events value the experience maybe over the actual race. I have not checked TV ratings yet. I'm sure uh, NASCAR beat Formula One as they've done, I think, since day one. Just because Formula One isn't as popular here in the States, it's definitely a global sport, not a, a U.S. sport. So I'm, I'm fairly confident to say that uh, NASCAR beat Formula One in TV, but Formula One beat NASCAR in attendance. And so that, I think, itself brings up a lot of good questions and a lot of good debate on what the future of IndyCar and NASCAR should be and what it could be. But again, this move from Penske Corporation and Penske Entertainment was um, uh, off the charts, monster news, and uh, I think it's all going to be good. Uh, we're headed to SEMA. Uh, this coming week, actually leaving tomorrow afternoon, and we'll be back Friday. Um, I'll be posting a bunch of content on our Dump the, Cl Dump the Clutch uh, Instagram account. So, um, you know, there's we're going to spend two full days walking the floor. I'm pretty sure we still won't see all of it. Um, but as I see uh, cool cars, uh, new products, um, uh, I'm going to post uh, as, as much as I can. So uh, stay tuned to our Instagram page uh, to check all that stuff out. And also, uh, uh, I've, I've been keeping a very close eye on the data on the back end. Uh, we've had this will be the 11th podcast that we've done. Um, thank you very much for everyone uh, listening and uh, the really good positive feedback. Um, we've had almost a thousand listens uh, total, and uh, that was really amplified when people uh, share our content. So feel free to hit the share button and share it with your individual groups. Uh, if you think that will make sense, because that will really help uh, our numbers as we continue to build this podcast and our audience. Uh, but thank you very much and have a great day.